0: I want to uh, share with you this morning a message entitled, Growing in Generosity. And uh, it's something that I felt that the Holy Spirit was leading me and directing me into just bring us into a place where some of you may be a, a message of, re, of uh, reminding you of things you already know but need to be stirred up and spurred on in those areas. Perhaps some of you may be new to you. But in, in the realm of generosity, uh, you, you can't get away from it. When you when you read the scriptures, uh, Jesus himself introduced himself as a, as a person of generosity. It's kind of a unique way. And one of the ways that he did it was in, in Matthew chapter 20, there's a parable you might be familiar with. It's a parable of the vineyard. Uh, workers, were the, the early morning workers went out to work for the vineyard guy, and they agreed to a day's wages, and they, then the, he kept going out at noon. The owner went out at noon and hired some more people, and then he went out the 11th hour and hired some more people to come work in the vineyard. At the end of the day, he told the foreman to, to go ahead and give everyone their pay. Well, they paid everyone equally. And so the early morning workers, the 12-hour workers, started complaining that the ones that only came in at the 11th hour and worked for one hour, they started complaining and thinking that it wasn't just and it wasn't fair and so forth. And Jesus replied to their murmuring, their complaining. He said, don't I have a right to do with my own money what I want to do? Or are you envious? Because I am generous. Don't miss that part. DON'T GET ALL CAUGHT UP IN THE LABOR RELATIONS. IT'S NOT A PARABLE ABOUT LABOR RELATIONS. IT'S REALLY, IT'S A PARABLE ABOUT JESUS AND, and THE GRACE OF GOD AND HOW, how GRACE ALWAYS supersedes, uh, GRACE ALWAYS ABOUNDS MORE THAN IS REASONABLE TO THE NATURAL MIND. AND JESUS IS REALLY, I JUST like, WANTED TO BRING OUT THE POINT THERE THAT JESUS SAID, are, ARE YOU ENVIOUS BECAUSE I AM GENEROUS. SO don't, don't, DON'T MISS THAT PART WHERE JESUS IS INTRODUCING HIMSELF AS BEING GENEROUS. He's generous in in his love toward us. He's generous in his grace towards us. He's generous in his dealings with us. And so when we're talking about growing in generosity, it has a lot to do with our stewardship and our finances, but it's, it's more than stewardship concerning your finances. God's heart is really to develop within us an attitude or a heart of generosity. Beyond the math, beyond the numbers, and so I want you to—I invite you to keep your heart, your ears open, and your heart receptive, and just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you, however He wants to speak to you this morning. We're going to be reading from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the first couple verses in there. The background here is the, uh, the Jerusalem Church; they're in a in a situation where they're they're lacking. And and, and God is dealing with the church in Macedonia, and this this particular church in Macedonia themselves are going through a very difficult situation. But because of the grace of God on their lives, they were able to give generously to the church in Jerusalem. And the Apostle Paul is using that incident that had happened in the past as an illustration for the current church in in Corinth to spur them on in their generosity. The subtitle, my Bible, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is is titled, A Call to Generosity, A Call to Generosity. So I'll begin reading at verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, where he says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. So he's talking about through the church in Macedonia, his kindness or his generosity that came through a church that themselves were in a very... uh, challenging season of life. What God is interested in doing in our lives, whatever season we are in, is he wants to be doing a work not only in us, but through us. And when we get to that point, we realize God wants to work through me. It's not just for me. Yes, it is for us, but it's for us so he can be working through us. If he can get it through us, he will give it to us. But if it stops, if we end up being tight-fisted, we lose everything. So we want to stay open. I better keep reading here. We're not going to get done today. (laughs) All right. Back to the scripture. Verse 2. They are being being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in, in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. So powerful when you just take your time and read through these and realizing, yes, they were poor, but they were were filled with abundant joy, and it overflowed in rich generosity. So we're talking about growing in this generosity. Verse 3, I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it their own free will. Verse 4, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do just as God wanted them to do. And then he talked about Titus being sent to encourage them and to finish what they had begun. But I want you to notice in, in, in verse 7, in, in, in uh, the last part of the verse, he says, let's read the whole verse. It says, since you excel in so many ways, you you're, you're growing, you're excelling in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel in this gracious act of giving. I want you to grow in this generosity, this gracious act of giving. We're to grow in it. Everyone said to grow in it. So no matter where we are right now, where you may consider yourself to be when it comes to generosity, we're talking about time, talent, and treasure. Wherever you are in any of these, we have, we have room to grow. We, we can never afford to take the posture, I have arrived, I am generous. Well, perhaps you are generous. That may be a true statement, but is there room for even a greater generosity with our time, with our talents, and with our treasure? And I would think that answer is yes. I know it is for me, and I'm I'm making a safe assumption that it is for you as well. And the idea here is, is that we're to be growing in it. Then when you get into uh, the next chapter of 2 Corinthians, both these chapters, chapter 8 and 9, have to do with with, uh, generosity concerning your stewardship. In verse 6 of of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he continues here. He says, remember this. It's all the same thought of this church that uh, was was poor and they're going through very difficult times, but yet in the midst of that, they, they had abundant joy and they gave beyond their ability because of the grace of God working in and through them. See, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. The idea here, again, of generosity. You must decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives Cheerfully. And God, and we say God, I'm talking about what God will do. God will generously provide all you need. God will generously provide all you need. He provided the time for us, He's provided the talents that we have. Yes, we need to cultivate them and we need to steward them, but He has provided and He will continue to provide. God will generously provide all you need. All you need. And some people, uh, religious people, struggle with the idea of generous. They think, well, there's a limit to how much a Christian should have, and and they have these uh, man made ceilings of uh, how much is enough and how much is too much. Well, I can tell you how much money is too much money if you really want to know. Does anybody care to know how much is too much? Huh? Four of you want to know? Five, okay. If I can get six people, I'll give you the answer. You got six, seven, eight, all right. How much money is too much? Any Huh? <laughs> How much is too much? Whatever amount displaces your trust in God. Whatever amount displaces your trust in God. Perhaps you have a dream of someday being a millionaire, and you're thinking, boy, if I were a millionaire, then I would, I would, I would, I would, I would. I would. And basically what you're saying is I would, I would be fine. I wouldn't have to trust God anymore. For some of you, you, may be a billionaire or a trillionaire, whatever. Whatever amount displaces your trust in God, that's how much is too much. And so don't ever allow anything in the realm of material things to displace your trust in God. You must continue to trust him no matter where you are on the financial scale, where you are on the generosity scale. What God wants to do is to continue to work in and through us because he generously provides all that you need. And the reason for that is, he continue reading in verse 8 says, then you will always have everything you need. God's desire is to generously provide all that you need so that you are in a place where you will have everything you need and plenty. i going say plenty. Plenty left over to share with others. That's God's desire for you. That's God's desire for the body of Christ, that the body of Christ, that we open up ourselves and allow God to work in and through us and allow him to be the generous God that he is and not put limits on his generosity toward us, just like we can put limits on his love for us. His love is uh, never-ending, it's all sufficient. His grace is all sufficient. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. But we put limits on the grace of God. We, have, we put limits on the love of God. We, he can only love me so much. He can only love me when I uh, achieve a certain measure, a man-made scale. When I, when I, when I reach that, then, then I'm acceptable. I know that, you know, because I've, I've gone through that, and for many, many years I would think, well, when I get to this point in life, when I become this mature, and when, I, when I'm over this habit or no longer have these thoughts, and then, then God can love me. Well, if God can only love me when all my thoughts are pure, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> I suspect you may be in trouble as well. If God can only love you when you have it all together... The Bible makes it very clear that God so loved us and he so loved the whole world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Then in Romans chapter 5, he tells us that he sent this love toward us and he deposited his love into our heart while we were yet in our sin. That's how much God loves us. And so we need to open ourselves up to the love of God. We need to open ourselves up to the grace of God. Open yourself up to the talent that God has graced you with. You have have talents. You have time. You have grace. You have the mind of Christ. Receive all that he has provided for you so that you are in a place where where, uh, you, you have plenty left over. And we say plenty left over to share. Don't you just want to be in a position where you always have plenty left over to share? You run into a, a situation where someone has need that you have plenty left over to share. God's a good God. He's faithful. He is a faithful God, and he wants to share, and he wants to work in and through you. Then it says, you have plenty left over to share with others, as the scriptures say. And it's a quote from Psalm uh, 112 verse 9 says, They share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Forever. Verse 10 For God is the one. We're talking about growing in generosity, but don't leave God out of the equation. God is the one who wants to provide all your needs so that you have all that you have need of and plenty left over. Verse 10 says, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat in the same way. And we say in the same way. So God provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat in the same way. He will provide and increase. He will provide and increase your resources. God is the one who gives you everything you have need of. Not only does He give it to you, but when you come in, in, in cooperation with Him, He wants to increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. That's the end game. That's the goal, is for God to create a harvest, or God to create a heart and attitude of generosity within me, within you, within the body of Christ universally. That is the end game for the the kingdom of God to be established here on the earth, the the, the kingdom of God, uh, working in and through the church. God's kingdom manifested through the church. That's why it's important that the church be uh, a Generous church and that the church prospers so that the church can be generous. The church doesn't prosper for bragging rice. The church is not to prosper at being in competition with the world. That's not the idea of it. The idea is that as, as individuals, as God working in me, am I a, a generous person? And if I am a generous person, do I have even room to become more generous? More generous. Verse 11 says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. (laughs) I'm really happy about all your enthusiasm here about this ability to have so that you can give. Just to really be generous, having a, a generous attitude. You could be generous right now. Like, a good place to start. won't cost you a thing. How about you start to smile? And then, uh, and then beyond the smile, you can say, yes, Pastor Ray, preach it. You're really speaking to my heart. You know, Give <laughs> me some generous feedback here this morning. All right. Rather than being tight-fisted, there's a proverb that says, you know, the, the, the generous prosper, but the tight-fisted lose everything. There's a little bit too much tight-fistedness here going on as far as like, well, uh, I, I know, there's, I, I know there's, a, there's a hook coming here somewhere. He's, he's going to receive an offering this morning. He's, he's going to announce something that we need to give to. No, I'm not. I'm going to remind you to keep giving, but this is, this is you know, I'm just, I'm being... Open with you, sharing the word of God with you, because I believe God wants to do a work in you and through you, and as a result of that, the kingdom of God will continue to prosper, and that's what needs to happen. The churches should not be closing, churches should not be shutting down, churches should be predominant, a pandemic or no pandemic. Amen. Amen. Churches are supposed to. Be, it's the kingdom of God, and God's generosity is not based on what's going on in the world. And so we continue to do the things that God has called us to do. And we must continue to believe God for that. I mean, in 2020, I'll tell you, I wrestled with fear. And then I've, sometimes I get to the place where I thought, well, you know what? You know, because we started recording you know, on a Wednesday night and then just putting it on, on, online on Sunday morning. And I had Sunday mornings free. I thought, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I like my weekends open. And I thought, okay, we can just keep doing it like this forever. But then the Holy Spirit reminded me, no, this is not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to gather together. There's a, there's a, there's a principle. Thank God for online. Thank God it's available for those who need it, for when, for, for when it's conven- convenient for you, for whatever reason it works out. We're so glad that you're watching us online and, and you can go back and listen to it again. But, the, but there is a principle, a biblical principle of not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As good as it is online in your Tommy Johns and your cup of coffee, you know, there's something about coming together and worshiping together corporate with the body of Christ. And it's called the church coming together to be built up and to be edified. So let's continue to be built up and let's be edified. Let's continue to believe God. Continue to believe God. Amen. And so the church is to continue to, uh, the kingdom of God working, manifest it through the church is to prosper. And God wants to provide all of our need. When I say the church now, I'm not talking about the physical structure here of Grace Church. That's a part, that's, that certainly is a part of it. But I'm talking about you. You are members of the body of Christ. All of us together, corporately, we make up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's who God is interested in working through. Verse 11 again. Yes, you are enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Verse 12 says, two good things. Everyone say good things. Do you know good things come out of God's generosity? Good things come out of biblical generosity. Again, you could express some generosity and say, Thank you, Pastor Ray. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) So, two good things. What are they? Right there in verse 12, it tells, He says, Two good things are going to take place. Two, Two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Number one, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. There's a whole group of people that had need that needed to be met, and God worked through the churches of Macedonia. They even while they were in great trial and affliction, God worked through them. Through the grace of God, they were able to give beyond their ability to give. And when you think about it, well, so how can you give beyond your ability to give when you open yourself up to God? There's ways that you can give that you haven't thought of. It's beyond your ability. And and, and it's not to, the end game of giving beyond your ability is not to make you even poorer or to make your trial even more challenging and more difficult, but it is to bring you into a place where God provides seed to the farmer and bread for food, and then he multiplies that seed that's sown. Amen? Amen. The, The trials and... Temptations and pressures will come when you when you purpose to start engaging what the kingdom of God, what what God wants to do in and through you in the realm of generosity. I still remember when we went into the building campaign to to build this church. Nancy and I made what for us we you know it was it was a significant. Commitment we made to the building campaign for where we are, where we were with our budget and our income and so forth. It was a significant sacrificial gift that we pledged that we were going to give to the church. And we were excited about it. And before the church even began to get built, the transmission went out of my car. <laughs> Driving over here to look at the lane and to do a prayer walk, I'm coming up the hill, and all of a sudden it's like, something's wrong here. Something's wrong. And the transmission went out. I had no idea the transmission was going on. Other than that, the car was pretty good. You know, so it just seemed like when, when you, sometimes when you make commitments, like trials and tests, the enemy will come immediately to, to try to, to steal that joy from you and, and try to uh, convince you to do otherwise or get you to pull back. But we didn't pull back. We stayed consistent. We, we, we kept our, our pledge and, and we stayed true to it. And God has blessed it. God has prospered it. And thank God. Uh, That's just one instance, but I'm sure you have uh, similar instances in your life where you say, okay, I'm going to be generous. We're going to be generous. We're going to make this commitment. We're going to give beyond what naturally looks like we're able to give here based on our budget, but we're going to make this commitment. We're going to do this. We're going to trust God to provide. And before we see any uh, extra provision, we see things being uh, stolen away from us through broken transmissions or whatever. So, but when you say faithful to God, he will stay true to his word. He'll stay true to his word. It says, two good things will will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanksgiving to God. The end result, the end result is people's needs are being met, and God is being glorified. That is the reason for being generous. Needs are met. God is glorified. The poor are taken care of. The hungry are fed. Needs are taken care of. God is generously providing all of your needs so that you have plenty to give. And as a result of it, God is being glorified because those whose needs are being met, they are giving glory to God. Verse 13 says, As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove It will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ and they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. God has given you grace. Thank God for this gift. We could put in there and it would be accurate for this gracious gift of generosity. Too wonderful for words. Too wonderful for words. Let the gift speak for itself. What can I say? God is good. God is generous. Amen. Amen. I want to, uh, one more scripture I want us to look at. is found in 1 Timothy, Chapter 6. 1 Timothy, Chapter 6, 17, 18, and 19. It says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous. And we have the word generous again, growing in generosity. Teach those who are rich in this world, don't be proud. Don't, don't allow pride to come in. Don't begin to trust in your resources that God richly gives you for your enjoyment. It's okay to enjoy life. It's okay. You, you could have some things. Just don't allow things to have you. And enjoy life. Enjoy life. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. The heart of generosity. The heart of generosity. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures As a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. So the Apostle Paul, in closing out this letter to Timothy, says, Don't do not be prideful. Do trust in God. Use your resources to do good. Be generous and always be ready to share your time, your talent and your resources. Your finances today in, in the economic system that we live in today, your finances primarily represent your time and your talents. That's how the system works. Of course, the Bible uses a lot of agricultural illustrations, you know, the farmer, the seed, sowing the seed and so forth. And, and, but uh, so it represents your time and your talent. So many times when we're talking about generosity. In in today's world, in, in today's economy, it's related to your finances, but your finances are simply, okay, this represents my time and my talent. So, it's your treasure, your time, and your talent. Where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Your heart is to be a heart of generosity. God is a generous God who gives to all of us generously. And so I want to share that with you this morning and encourage you to, uh, to be of, of a generous spirit. Not only in giving of your tithes and your offerings to the church here at Grace Church... We want you to grow in that, and there's multiple ways you can do that, whether it's in person you can give here, in person you can certainly mail it in, and there's several options for you. You can text it in or some online options. So there's there's, there's many options available for you to do that. I just want to encourage you to really ask yourself, where's my heart? Where's my heart? Where my heart is, that's where my treasure is. And so where my treasure is, you know, I I know where my treasure is because I know where my heart is. And the follow-up question is, am I being generous? Am I being as generous as God? Am I being as generous to others as God is being generous to me in his grace, in his love, in his kindness, in his mercy? AM I WILLING TO MAKE A COMMITMENT WHEN THE HOLY SPIRIT LEADS LIKE THE CHURCH OF MACEDONIA IN A a GREAT TRIALS OF AFFLICTION, THEY WERE READY TO GIVE BEYOND THEIR ABILITY. AND THEY DID THAT, IF YOU GO BACK AND READ THAT AGAIN IN 2 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 8, THEY DID THAT BY FIRST AND FOREMOST THEY GAVE THEMSELVES TO THE LORD. SO LET'S STAND UP AND LET'S PRAY THAT PRAYER OF COMMITMENT THAT FIRST AND FOREMOST IN GROWING AND GOING TO THE NEXT LEVEL OF GENEROSITY IN OUR LIVES. Growing in generosity in our lives requires the same thing as the church of Macedonia in the midst of great trial and in their deep poverty. The New King James says, the great trials of affliction and in their deep poverty, they gave beyond their ability because they first of of all gave themselves to the Lord. Let's give ourselves new, uh, renew ourselves in giving ourselves to the Lord, our heart to the Lord. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father. I come to you this morning thanking you for your generosity toward me. I make a commitment today to search my heart and to open my heart to being more generous. I'm asking you, Father, to have your way as the Church of Macedonia gave themselves to you. I give myself to you today, Father as a vessel for you to work through, to demonstrate your love, to demonstrate your mercy, to demonstrate your kindness, and to demonstrate your generosity. In Jesus' name, I rebuke stinginess. I renounce it. It has no place in me. I am a loving, kind, generous person. In Jesus' name. Name above all names. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. If this is your very first time this morning, we have a a connections room back here to my left in the back corner here. Kate's in the back there. She told me last week not to wave. So Kate, can you wave just so they know who we're not supposed to wave to? All right. Kate's Kate's back there. So if this is your very first time, if you were to stop by and introduce yourself, we would appreciate that. And Kate would love to get to know you and, and, uh, and just be blessed. Have any prayer requests, you can also go back there and we have someone who'll meet you back there, a trusted friend that will be happy to pray with you. God bless you. Have a great, prosperous, and generous day in Jesus' name. God bless.